0: Hey, it's Brandon Laws, host of Transform Your Workplace. Thanks for the download today. If you haven't subscribed yet on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, any of those places, please make sure to subscribe so you get episodes every Tuesday. And if you are willing to give us a review, whether it's written or just hitting that five stars would be great too. We would appreciate that. This episode is brought to you by Zenium HR. Learn more about Zenium's HR and payroll services at zeniumhr.com. I'm excited for this episode. I have a conversation with Barry Crowning. She is local to the Portland, Oregon area, which is just up the road from me. Uh, we did this conversation remotely, of course, uh, because of the pandemic still. Uh, in fact, I've done pretty much all of my conversations in the last year plus remotely. And thank goodness for technology. But I do miss those in-person interviews, especially when people are local. So this conversation is all about introverts. We're checking in on introverts. How are they doing? But furthermore, I mean, we're really talking about recommendations for introverts to get involved in virtual meetings. You know, sometimes the loudest person can dominate a meeting. Those extroverted people sometimes run the show and those introverts to sit back and wait. So there's tips there that we talk about. And also we talk about holistically about if introverts can lead. And I think you know the answer. Yes, they can lead. And Barry unpacks that whole conversation. So you're really going to enjoy this, whether you're an introvert or whether you're an extrovert who manages introverts or is, has people on uh, as peers that are introverts. This is a great episode for you. Just great episode for for everybody. I mean, this knowledge and awareness around introverts and extroverts and how we can make sure that we are building inclusive environments for each of these personality types, Uh, is really important. So enjoy the episode with Barry Crowning. Talk to you next week. Hey, Barry, it is a pleasure to have you back on the podcast. Thanks for coming on.
1: Thanks, Brandon, for having me. It's uh, great to uh, talk with you again.
0: It is fantastic to have you on here because, I mean, it's been a while since we've talked on this podcast. Lots changed (laughs) since we've talked. And last year, specifically, we've been in this pandemic, and it's, um, you know, a lot of workplaces are working from home. And some of them are hybrid and some of them are even going back to the office. But I wanted to ask you because you've been doing a lot of work on introversion and I think you are a self-proclaimed introvert yourself, but I'm curious how are the introverts doing during this pandemic? Are they right at home? Are they nervous about what's to come? I'm just very curious. Yeah,
1: all, all of that. Uh, I mean, the whole pandemic, but at the start, it was the introvert's dream, right? So right. We work from home. We don't have to um, be up and on all the time for unexpected conversations or people that were walking into the office. And so that feeling of being constantly on is exhausting. So... A lot of introverts really loved uh, just being working from home. Having that said, introverts need their social interaction too. So um, what I've seen over the last few months especially is that uh, introverts are craving those social interactions at a work level. And, um, and if they don't get that, you know, they suffer a little less than extroverts maybe, but they still, they still suffer. And about the future, you know, looking at the post-pandemic workplace, uh, when people are going back to the office... I have heard introverts say that they're kind of dreading that time because then it will open up for the typical office obligations, the events, you know, that we often try to get away from. Um, and then there, there is a fear of this influx uh, or the rush to social things and social obligations, even at work, but also at family, at home, um, friends. Everyone wants, wants to get together again. So it would be really wise for introverts to pace themselves in that.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's it's funny you, you said you talked to some introverts that are dreading it because I too have talked to a few people uh, yeah. in, inside of my organization and even outside as well where they may be in the office right now or maybe they're split a couple of days a week at home and in the office, but they're dreading the time where people come back just because I think they were able to focus and have the heads down. And when you get people walking by you... And interrupting for just a quick small talk or a task or whatever, I think they dread that because oh yeah, uh, they they enjoy the alone time, the quiet time, and the focus time. Um, so I'll I'll be curious to see where this goes. How, you know how how do you think introverts will be able to to handle that when they? I mean, it's going to be a big shift again, just like it was when we shifted completely to work from home or just all spread apart and doing the virtual work. I mean, the, if we go back. It's going to be a big shock, I would imagine.
1: It is. And I've been thinking about that myself. I've actually put a question out on LinkedIn uh, for my followers because, like, do you think that the pandemic made you more introverted or that the pandemic made you more extroverted or, or extroverts becoming maybe more, like, towards ambivert and introvert? So I think especially for introverts, what I already mentioned is like pacing themselves to get back into the workplace and get back into the, the small talk at the, at the water cooler. And um, so the, really taking a lot of breaks from that is it really still really important because I do have a suspicion that introverted people became a little bit more introverted in the pandemic period, like in that whole year. I was like if I look at myself and I'm I'm a proud introvert, <laughs> um, as you mentioned in uh, in your introduction, I'm really embracing it and and I notice myself like networking in person, to be honest, is exhausting.
0: It's completely exhausting. So
1: I really need to plan my break. So I do my networking and I do my, you know, my meetings in person more and more. And I need to have longer breaks in between right now than I used to have like a year, two years ago. Yeah. Because I'm just, you know, sad.
0: I'd love to tell you a story about me last week and what happened. And, and maybe listeners will get some, some benefit from this, just understanding like what you said about pace. Yeah. So, I was invited to do a talk in my office, but to a external group, an executive group on personal branding and so I'm like, "Hey, that'd be fun. I haven't seen people in a long time. I've been working at home." I am what I would call like an introverted extrovert. Like I I feel like I have tendencies of both. I think I show up to a lot of people as an extrovert. I have no problem with conversations and all that, but I recharge with alone time. And I think this pandemic, what it's done to me is I've gotten really comfortable in my bubble. And I think a lot of people listening can probably relate to that. Mm -hmm. And so stepping out gives me a little bit of anxiety from a social standpoint. Anyway, so I'm doing this, I do this talk, I show up and I'm not nervous whatsoever for it. I'm like, I know this content, I'm excited to see people. But as I started getting into it, I like have this weird, like physical reaction of nervousness and anxiety, <laughs> I could barely breathe. it was almost like a mini panic attack, and it was the weirdest I've never experienced it before and I think I'm like I've reflected on it after I calmed down and had a chance to like think about it, and I'm like it has to do with something of the last year i've i I've experienced this where I'm at home I'm by myself, I'm comfortable, and now I step out into the world, and it's like it's. It, it was hard. <laughs> it was hard. What do you What do you think about that? Do you think that's going to be a story a lot of people can resonate with?
1: Oh, definitely, definitely, and that's why we need to be gentle with ourselves, right? For you, it wasn't about the content because you were really secure in that. It's not about the presentation because you're fine with that. But it is just the the concept of being on. And if you are an introvert and you get recharged by being alone, and you need a lot of that alone time so introverts need less stimulation than extroverts yeah
0: like from other people
1: from other people yeah and from outside situations so we we get easily over stimulated and so that over the last year you didn't really have a whole lot of that other than probably your
0: family your kids it's just all virtual it's like talking to a screen that's that's easy though
1: yeah it is. It's, it's a different dynamic. And so probably what happened is that suddenly you were surrounded by people and you had to be on. So you had to be at your best. And there was probably a lot of stimulation from other people and a lot of yep,
0: energy. Too much.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's why I'm actually thinking that most introverted people or like the ambiverts that were a little bit more to the introverted side of the spectrum now so that's why the re-entry is let's call it re-entry post-pandemic Yeah. We need to be gentle with
0: ourselves. Yeah. I love that. When you consider like the last year that we've gone through and introverts uh, and extroverts uh, together, I'm curious about like just the virtual work in general. If you really thought about like our introverts, I mean, I'm sure they're right at home. Like I'm in my own element. I'm in my own room, my office, whatever. And I've, I'm comfortable because I'm alone, but when they get to a meeting setting where it's virtual Mm -hmm. and I work with several extroverts and I meet with a lot of people on the external side that are extroverts and they tend to dominate conversations and, you know, talk a lot, whereas introverts may not get that chance. So I'm curious from your perspective, what's a good way for introverts to get involved in conversations when it's hard virtually?
1: Yeah. Yes. That can be a challenge. So it depends a little bit on what what evolvements you know we're looking for because uh when we talk about participation the introvert participation in a meeting looks very different than an extrovert participation uh, can can look very different yeah not yeah. necessarily but it's not only on introverts to in a meeting you know to to really get together and contribute it is also a part of the responsibility of the other people in the room but also about responsibility for the team lead or the person that's facilitating facilitator, yeah, yeah. So there's many things that a facilitator can do in order to make it easier for a introvert for, to make it a more introvert friendly meeting. Really. Um, so I wanted to just emphasize that it's not all on the introvert
0: to try to insert themselves into the conversation somehow, right?
1: To speak up, you know. If if you think of involvement as having the loudest voice in a Zoom call, yeah then it's more challenging for introverts and they can use uh, the chat function is wonderful for that. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people like to use the chat without first speaking up. First of all, when you uh, put things in the chat, you can kind of think about it and write some things down and then the facilitator can really um, should watch the chat and then you can call on people
0: Mm -hmm. there's also the hand raise function that a lot of these tools have too so that that's helpful
1: yeah so those are the the two like really first go-tos that i'm thinking of but the other things that can help make virtual meeting more introvert friendly is to have an, an agenda in advance send out an agenda introverts like to become prepared And so uh, it's really nice. That's why I asked you to send me some questions for this podcast so I can kind (laughs) of get my, wrap my brain around.
0: By the way, most people, I do not send questions or an outline in advance because I like to have it more discussion oriented. But for you, I'll do that, (laughs) you know, because I understand it means a lot to have some sort of structure. And although... I'm not really following the structure that I said. No, so no. <laughs> look at look at this. Here we go, <laughs> and that's
1: great. It's just it's just nice to have some kind of idea of okay, these are some in a broad range. These are the things that we're going to talk about. So same same thing with a meeting. Um, with long meetings, it's really important to take frequent breaks. That helps. Agreed. Yeah, that helps an introvert. I mean, it helps everyone to stretch, right? But it helps an introvert to gather their thoughts about what was discussed and then come back later and say, Hey, you know, I think about it in the meeting or in the break. And uh, this is uh, what I want to contribute.
0: Yeah, that's such a great point because I was recently talking to a colleague and I won't name her, um, but she brought up such a great point. It was like she's in a couple different meetings where we may have been in a discussion or trying to make some decisions and we moved a little too fast and mm-hmm. never provided space cuz she was probably thinking about oh how could how could this work or how would i want to answer this and just never we just moved on faster than she could yeah. provide input cuz we just kept derailing the conversation and i think that's really important as a facilitator or even a group it's like hey we haven't heard from you yet yeah do you want to take a minute to give you give us your thoughts or just slow down in a way that gives them a chance to even respond because i like your idea like okay let's take a break and then we'll come back and regroup and if anybody has extra thoughts then let's you know close the loop on that discussion point. I think that's also a good strategy as well, but yeah, poor introverts
1: <laughs> oh no, no, not at all. It's just a matter of being aware of the dynamic and the needs in a group, and a good leader is is aware of that and uh knows that you know you don't put an introvert on the spot, and introverts are deep thinkers, um extroverts are quick thinkers, and so if you want a quick, short answer, then you ask an extrovert. And if you want a little bit more thoughtful answer, you ask in the group. Like, okay, let's jot down some thoughts, and then in a, in a couple of minutes, we'll we'll share. So that's catering to to all dynamics, really.
0: Hey, it's Brandon here with a quick sponsor break. Are you making any of these common HR mistakes? fragmented company culture, inconsistent communication, do-it-yourself diversity and inclusion initiatives, HR and business operations existing in silos. Do, like, do any of these sound familiar? Well, if so, you're not alone. These are HR challenges we see all the time. And our free ebook at Xenium is here to help you get past these mistakes. Our latest book breaks down seven common HR mistakes and outlines the steps you can take to step up your people strategies. Download it today and see how a strong HR strategy can help your people and your company thrive. Download it now at zeniumhr.com forward slash HR hyphen mistakes. That's zeniumhr.com forward slash HR hyphen mistakes. Now back to the show. You do a lot of work with difficult conversations and in fact, I think our podcast before was on difficult conversations, if I remember right, or My am I, am I, is that right?
1: It was, uh, we did a webinar.
0: Webinar, that's right.
1: Yeah, we did a webinar on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, oh, that's already like six years ago or All so. Right,
0: I know. <laughs> it's crazy. So I'm curious with difficult conversations, are these types of conversations hard or challenging for introverts? And are there any tools that you recommend or a, a model to to walk through for introverts to be able to have these conversations uh, more comfortably?
1: Yeah, I think uh, what's really... These are conversations are difficult for everyone. So right. for extroverts yeah. and introverts, never really... They're difficult for a reason. So having that said, I think the reason that difficult conversations are difficult for introverts is that they typically don't like to rock the boat we would like people to get along. And because introverts are processing internally and they have such a depth in their emotions, but they're not sharing that as easily. It's not they, you know, they don't wear their heart on their sleeves. It's hard to express what's going on outwardly in, an, in a difficult conversation. Plus, it feels like in a difficult conversation, there's more pressure. You know, it's more stressful to think and focus and speak than in just really general casual conversations. So that's a little more challenging too. Things that I like to work on with introverts is to really come prepared. If it's a difficult conversation that you can prepare for, come prepared. And then another thing is to just really stay present. And as introverts have so many great skills and one of them, I think the number one is listening listening and asking really powerful questions and coming from a place of curiosity. And I think that is really a key skill to have in difficult conversations. So with that respect, uh, introverts have an advantage. And having these conversations. But the, I think the main thing that it's uncomfortable is that introverts don't like to rock the boat. They rather walk an extra block to avoid the conversation.
0: I do like what you said about introverts are great listeners. That's one of their big skill sets. Because like, I think a lot of, obviously, I'm painting a, a giant brushstroke here, but, um, extroverts tend to to try to you know get in and fix stuff and and start going to solution mode and, and talk a lot whereas if you're having a difficult conversation it's it's nice to give people space just allow space to listen and hear their point of view of whatever challenge that is was happening in the moment but i think that's where introverts can really thrive in difficult conversations when you agree
1: yeah definitely listening observing you know, the processing, uh, when introverts answer or when introverts share, it's it's done thoughtfully, usually. So those are really great skills in, in conflict to have. Introverts are also very empathetic. And again, we are talking in, in general terms, but people who are more introverted are typically strong skills in that area, strong character traits.
0: I'm curious what other skills that you find that introverts have like really strong skills that extroverts may not have.
1: Yeah, so we talked about um, preparation. Introverts love to prepare and sit down and think things through before they say things. I think the most important thing is the listening and the observing and gathering information before introverts make a decision. Mm. And because, because they do that and because they're so good at it, they tend to make really good decisions. It takes a little bit longer.
0: Yeah, so I was going to wonder about, like, can they move fast? You know, Is that seen as a weakness there? But if they make good decisions, maybe that doesn't matter.
1: So can they move fast? Well, <laughs> I think when, the, when introverts are very familiar with the content or with the topic or with the problem, I think they can move fast. And there are situations that it might not be appropriate to have a more introverted person on the job. You know, it might be a job that requires split-second decisions, but overall, um, I think that's one of the strengths that introverts bring to a team, bring to an organization. They have a strong ability to concentrate, to focus. And because of the preparation and because of the the thinking that introverts do and the, the Problems are solved thoroughly. So instead of like hastily, and then you have to come back to solve another problem because you didn't think about the consequences of a certain decision. So, and that in itself saves time again, you know, it's kind of a time saver. Introverts are typically what I, what I see motivated by excellence, motivated by quality, motivated by productivity And because of that, they work on establishing relationships in the workplace in a different way than extroverts do. So with that, I mean, like introverts have more meaningful connections in one-on-one settings. So they have probably a good solid network, especially introvert leaders have a good solid network of people with different skill sets around them and um and that's based on that sense that motivation for quality and and excellence in their relationships and in their work
0: this actually perfectly leads into my next question which is can introverts make good leaders because i think we often i don't know if we do it but definitely media and books and they glorify extroverted leaders like the big ego ones but i tend to I think that introverts can make good leaders just based on what you just said, which is introverts do good on a one on one setting. And when you think about good leaders, they have really, really good people around them. And they probably have deep relationships. A lot of it's one on one meetings and holding people accountable. And I'm curious what you think. I think I've asked this question to some other people on the podcast uh, that we when we talked about introverts, but I'm curious what you think.
1: So what I found is that because I did, I did quite some research on this, um, when I started working with introvert leaders a few years ago, and is that great leaders don't just talk. <laughs> great leaders listen with intention. So great leaders don't just talk, they listen with a big intention. They listen to all the stakeholders, and um, they're vocal you know they're vocal about their ideas. And they're also really open to feedback and change. And because they have such a strong one-on-one relationship with people around them, they have this team around them that um, supports them. So successful introvert leaders embrace being an introvert, acknowledge that, and build a team around them with people that complement them in their abilities. I mean look at look at Bill Gates you know there's that's he's an example of a, yeah. of a super introvert uh, Nelson Mandela, Gandhi um, mm, yeah I mean there's so many powerful leaders that are self identified as introverts, and they make significant contributions to the society, but because the world of work especially here in North America, is so focused on extroverts. Yeah, It's so designed for extroverts. A lot of introverts don't come to their full potential. So that's kind of where my, my mission and my passion comes in, is that, first of all, I help introverts embrace their introversion and their strength in that. And I help, on the other side, I help organizations recognize that You need both type of leaders and it's a loss for both individuals and organizations when that's not recognized. I think introverts can be great leaders. I believe I've done some research on statistics and I get so many different statistics. But right now, the amount of leaders that is in North America that is introverted, I think, is about 30%. Really? And it depends on also which, you know, how, how far you go up. I think right. when you go to CEO level, it's it's less. But yeah, we have some great
0: examples. I'm curious, like if that number is really 30%, how do we make that number higher? Like, What skills do these introverted people who have perhaps the desire to be a leader someday?
1: Part of it is the introvert's job to advocate for themselves mm-hmm. and to embrace being an introvert and say, Hey, here's who I am. This is what I have to contribute to the team. This is what I have to contribute to the organization. So that's one part. And the other part is just the recognition in general culture of an organization is the recognition that yes, we do need different dynamics. There needs to happen a culture change that if you're allowed, you're a great leader. Or if you have the, you know, the, the biggest ideas and the loudest voice at the table then you're a great leader. That's a misconception. It's a myth. (laughs) And so there needs to be that culture change. And that starts with recognizing that in a team, you need both. You need both introverted and extroverted people. We need to learn from each other how to give each other space and how to move towards each other and still stay true to our true nature same for extroverts I mean you want it to stay true to your nature and as a team leader really recognizing saying everyone has something valid to bring in and everyone needs to be heard
0: yeah I love what you said about embracing the introversion and but the same goes for extroverts So like if you know that your tendency just embrace it and mm-hmm. you know adapt however you need to adapt and I think it's beautifully said
1: so yeah, I want to tell you a little story about that embracing, and it's like about when I just started my business. I was like about ten, twelve years ago. I was training in front of groups, and I was introverted in front of groups too. And the funny thing happened that it was one group. It was very extroverted group of people, and I was doing my training, and I felt I felt pretty confident in what I was doing. Yeah. And I mentioned that I was an introvert. And so I said, well, some of these tips are coming from me as an introvert. So it might not work for you. So, you know, leaving that door open that there might be different styles. The feedback that I got was that I actually was open about me being introverted and that I should probably should not have done that because really, really in front of the group, because that was, uh, I don't know, it was making me less credible or making me feel... I mean, so introversion is often coupled to shyness or social awkwardness or... I mean, that goes in one sentence sometimes. So true. And and it's two two totally different things. So people can be great presenters and great leaders and great actors, um, like Meryl Streep is an introvert
0: (laughs) i never would have thought that
1: and they're not shy and awkward socially awkward or even if they were they're still very skilled in what they do
0: right
1: you know even when introverts are quiet a little quieter then they say yeah you're so shy you're so quiet nowadays i'm totally confident and i say yeah yeah i'm i'm quiet right now
0: but you're probably just thinking you're observing listening
1: my my strength introvert thing anyway but it was just really interesting feedback that you know we all almost have to apologize for being no. introverts. so sorry i'm an introvert it's like no no so that's why of the last few years when I personally got to embrace being an introvert is that I I started helping introvert leaders with breaking through some of those myths and beliefs and limiting beliefs and and things like that.
0: I love it. I appreciate you coming on, Barry. Where can people learn more about what you're doing? Uh, Yeah. Anything that you want to point people to would be great.
1: Yeah, I love it. it when people connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm very active on uh, LinkedIn. So find me under Barry Crowning. I think the abbreviation is Barry KR of my LinkedIn. Um, and then on Instagram, I'm under at Introvert Impact and my website i would have a lot of information for introverts leaders on my website as well as uh, regular training programs that i do and and podcasts and webinars and all that and my website is crowningcommunications.com
0: barry crowning thank you so much for coming on the podcast it's been a pleasure
1: yeah thanks brandon it was fun to talk with you again